my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey there, Tanner fans! Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta! Holy Chalupas! An unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Alright, we got another rusty episode this April. I'm talking about Season 4, Episode 11, entitled Secret Admirer which aired on December 7th, 1990. The Tanners invite Cindy and Rusty over again for a backyard barbecue. Rusty writes a phony love letter for which causes confusion as each member of the household reads it in turn, all believing it to be from a different person. This episode's got an 8.5 out of 10 rating based on 301 ratings. We have a special guest. Not only are Cindy and Rusty appearing, or reappearing, but we get an appearance of Ricky the Paperboy, who is played by R.J. Williams, a voice actor who is also, he did the voice of Kit Cloud Kicker from Tailspin, one of my favorite Disney afternoon characters. This episode was directed by Joel Zwick, writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Ellen Gulas? G-U-Y-L-A-S. I'm sure I mispronounced it. I'm sorry. All right. Connections. Secret Admirer. This looks like an adult film. An anonymous love letter left in Michael's locket. Who's Michael? Uh, oh, this is a movie set in high school? Okay. Anonymous love letter set in Michael's locker and the last day of school wrecks havoc on his life and the lives of everyone who comes in contact with it. Okay, so that's where the connection is. Who are in the- Lori Laughlin's in this? How funny is that? Because she's also on Full House. Also, C. Thomas Howell's in this movie, as well as Kelly Preston and D. Wallace. And... Whoever these other people are. <laughs> Who's that person? Corey Hames in this film? Oh my goodness. Good for him. Do I recognize any other names? I don't. Alright, well, moving on. So that movie's got a six point six. It just, it looks like an adult film with this woman who's puckering her lips. Uh, mm. Alright, trivia. Five years before this episode aired. Oh, for heaven's sake. I just went through this. Lori Laughlin appeared in a film entitled Secret Admirer from 1985, which was also about a love letter, love letter falling into the wrong hands and calling familiar distress. Warning spoilers! Despite that the letter was meant for DJ, she is the only one who never reads it. That's correct. She doesn't read it. Are there any goofs? When Jesse hands Danny the pickle jar, Danny holds it upright. In the next shot, he holds it sideways. 
When Jessie first confronts Michelle about the cookies, her hands are about an inch apart. In the next shot, they are spread much further. When Jessie... Oh, wait. We already... Why are they putting trivia on here? Thrice. Like, the same trivia on here twice. I don't know. Alright, let's do some user reviews. Power Mandan gives it a 10 out of 10. This is from January 17th, 2019. Entitled, More Rusty! Exclamation points. Okay, so I love Rusty. He is just that awesome. Although Rusty is gaining experience... Her ex is gaining expectance with the Tanner House, his jokes are not fully over. He types a love letter for DJ and gets Michelle to say it is from Ricky the Paperboy. He just says, give this to your sister. So she gives a letter to Stephanie. Yeah, he doesn't specify which sister. Hello, Rusty. She's got two of them. (laughs) Everyone else in the Tanner house reads it and thinks the letter is meant for them. Just genius. The majority of this episode is voiced over... We hear everyone's inner thoughts, and the dramatic irony makes this episode perfectly drawn. One of the best episodes in the series. Yes, when they say everyone's inner thoughts, they mean everyone, including the four-legged family member comment. We get to hear his thoughts, which are voiced by Dave Coulier. All right, Taylor Kingston, 6 out of 10. The one with a secret admirer. Warning, spoilers. This was put up on June 15th, 2015. I enjoyed this episode. It's fun to see how the family react to everyone thinking certain people have crushes on them. Yeah, this episode is just bonkers. In this episode, the Tanners invite Danny's girlfriend, Cindy, and her son, Rusty, over for a barbecue lunch. Rusty decides to continue his pranking style by writing a fake love letter, which causes confusion and frustration to every member of the household. As they all read it and think it, it's, they all read it and think it's about them. Best part of the episode, everyone thinking the love letter was from them. Or for them. Overall, I give this book, give this book, I give this episode a 6 out of 10, which in my ratings book is good. Yeah, yeah. Alright, up front, let's get the full house business out of the way. I'll tell you how to follow along with the podcast if you're new. There are many social media outlets that go along with the podcast. So, on Facebook, Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas, Full House Fuller House Podcast. Go there, follow along, you'll find out about upcoming episodes. I'll start doing some trivia for some shout-outs. We got Instagram, OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod, Twitter, OMHC Full House. And if you guys want to send an audio clip about your comments about Full House episodes, Fuller House episodes, your favorite character, who you most related to on the show, what however, send that email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Of course. Another way to support the show would be to go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Search Full House Podcast. The All My Land to Holy Chalupas podcast will come up. Leave a five-star review, rating, use emojis, describe your favorite characters, favorite episodes. I'd love to try to figure out which one you're referring to. Alright, without further ado, let's jump right into this episode. and Get reacquainted with Rusty and his mom. 
right, of course we gotta see the cold open first. It's in the kitchen. There's this enormous cookie jar that has the word cookies on it. Like the font is like at its biggest, then medium, then small. And Michelle's got Oreos. And basically what she's doing, and Uncle Jesse catches her, is she's pulling the Oreo apart and just licking the cream off of them, sticking them back together and putting them back in the cookie jar. I'm like, oh my god, that is nasty. <laughs> you just eat the creamy meal out of that cookie and put the two ends back together. Right. You ate the middle out of every cookie in this cookie jar? Next time only by the middle. I think it's gonna be sick. So he basically catches her and is like, Did you eat the middle out of that cookie and just put it back in the cookie jar? <laughs> and then he goes and dumps out what are supposedly cookie. They're just cookie ends at this point. They're just cookie bottoms. And he's, did you do that to all of these cookies? Clearly she has. And she's like, next time, buy the middles. Oh, my gosh, that child's teeth. She's going to have cavities before her baby teeth even fall out. <laughs> and not to mention, I mean, yeah, I know it's not, it's not like she was eating the double stuff, licking the cream from the double stuffed Oreos, but it's just like, oh, she would have a stomach ache, I think. Unless she's got a tolerant stomach, which maybe she might, I don't know. That's pretty much the cold open. It was like less than 10 seconds long, it felt like. Very short, because we got a lot of rusty to get to this episode. So we're in the kitchen. Danny is putting some shrink wrap on one of the bowls, probably like a little bowl of like onions or, you know, toppings for like hot dogs or burgers. And Cindy comes in with Rusty, who of course is carrying a plate that has an apple pie and it's got one of those uh, protective plastic tops on it to keep it from, you know, spilling over, you know, if someone drops it hopefully it won't do a lot of damage and spill everywhere yeah kind of like the type of things that you have like the plastic tops for when you're putting something in the microwave so it doesn't spill all over kind of like that so this is the first annual quality time tanner family barbecue and Cindy's like well thank you for inviting me well inviting us even though technically we're, we're not family and danny's like cindy please you dry clean my underwear so you are definitely family yeah, because Rusty needs to hear that. So, Cindy takes from Rusty the apple pie. And she says it's her homemade, or semi-legendary homemade apple pie. And Danny's like, oh my gosh, I can smell it from here. I can't wait. He takes off the uh, protective top. And... <laughs> Apparently someone else couldn't wait either, as he sa he says this, as he sees a good-sized chunk taken out of it. And it's like, clearly Rusty was hungry. I don't know how long it takes to get to the Tanner house from where they live. But it's, it's like, ugh, Rusty, already off to a bad start. I mean, he's got a track record with the Tanners just based on terror in Tannertown. So, let's talk about Rusty here real quick. Um, he definitely 
his hair does look a little different. Before it was just kind of like messy here, there, everywhere. Kind of shaggy with bangs. They actually did kind of what was like um, almost a little side part and kind of a comb over type look. Maybe they're trying to clean him up just a little bit. So yeah, Sandy just looks at Rusty. He's like, "Ugh, Rusty," and he's like, "Sorry, Mom. Jeez, it was a long car ride." I'd say it was probably anywhere for from like a half hour to forty-five minutes to an hour. Well, I mean, especially if you want to add that traffic. I don't know exactly where they live in San Francisco. So I'm gonna play this clip. Be right there. Rusty does not need to hear that. Well, here is my uh, semi-legendary homemade apple pie. <laughs> oh, I can smell it from here. I can't wait. <laughs> Apparently someone else couldn't wait either. Rusty? <laughs> Sorry, Mom, that was a long car ride. <laughs> Don't get it! I've got it! <laughs> Don't get it! I've got it! DJ, what's going on? It's the paper boy, Ricky. You mean ki Cloud Kicker? Closed in the doorway. He's so uh, cute. Oh, that ain't bad. For a month. Sorry, Ricky. All I have is 20. I don't have any change. That's okay. Keep it. You're a You don't have any change. Uh, what my incredibly generous daughter means is keep a dollar and come back with the rest, okay? Thanks for trying. I'll be back. I'll be here. I'll see you then. Toodaloo. Ew, DJ, come on. Toodaloo? That was lame. Kinda. Okay, that's enough. Sandy, isn't this cute? They're fighting just like brother and sister. You know, I'm just kind of thinking about Cindy's pie, and I know, like, at Thanksgiving and stuff, there's always different sorts of pies, you know, apple, cherry, um, pumpkin, and all that. And I'm just thinking, wouldn't it maybe help? Like, maybe if you wanted to, if they wanted to, like, maybe pop it in the oven for, like, maybe ten minutes. That way, um, the crust won't be soggy, the apples will be good and moist and warm in your tum-tum when you eat it, and it's just, oh, oh, Cool Whip! Cool Whip's another thing. Put the cool, oh, granted, sometimes they're like, oh, you don't need to do that, it's fine just the way it is. Like, I want to add a little something. Uh, but I don't know, I mean, when I want pie, I mean... I just think it would be kind of cool, like, to just pop it in the oven for 10 minutes. And then that way it's it's fresh. Because it's been, even though it's been covered, it's still, I don't know. I, I would want fresh. I mean, I want piping hot. Not burn my mouth hot, but, you know, heat it up. Well, there's another, everyone flocks to this back door. I tell you, this back door is getting so much foot traffic, I swear. <laughs> So DJ comes running down the stairs, don't get it, I got it, don't get it! And Danny's like, what? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Kimmy's like, oh, DJ's got a thing for Ricky, the paper boy. And of course, before she opens the door, DJ's kind of like, okay, my hair, does it look all right? Does it look good? Good, good. Okay. She opens the door, and Ricky, the paper boy, is 
posing, just kind of got an arm on the door frame, just kind of posing sideways, like, ugh, if I were a teenage girl. He's got that Jesse Cochran um, season one Full House look, but Ricky's hair is glossy, it's beautiful, it's not ragged looking, his long hair that goes down to his shoulders, it's perfect, and he does the voice of Kit Cloud Kicker from Tailspin, if you're a 90s kid, you'll know, and it's just like, oh, he's such a cutie, he is the, uh, that is the only exception if I were a teenage girl and were to date someone with long hair, I mean, this isn't, Really, I wouldn't even say this is mullety hair. This is just long, flowing, beautiful locks of hair. Okay, I gotta get off Ricky the Paperboy. Now, if he, if the actor R.J. Williams hadn't voiced Kit Cloud Kicker, I may not be as interested, but it does definitely help. So, he, oh, Danny owes him three fifty. So I'm guessing that's gotta be for the month, and all he's got is a twenty, of course, to give Ricky. And, okay, um, if you're collecting on the paper, you should expect someone's going to pay you with a decently, they're not always going to give you exact change, because it's like $3.50. Uh, why doesn't he carry some form of change on him? Like, get a fanny pack, I know it's 1990, fanny packs were just coming in, or they had been in in the 80s. Get a fanny pack, keep your bills in there, Yeah. Because Danny gives him a 20, DJ's like, oh, keep it. And, of course, Danny jumps in there with, like, <laughs> what my generous daughter means is keep a buck for yourself and get me the change. Thank you. And he's like, oh, nice try, DJ. Thanks, though. Uh, I'll be back, Mr. Tanner. And, of course, DJ, and I agree, this is such a bleh line. Toodaloo! And even she, when she shuts the door, is like, toodaloo? Oh, I'm such a geek. Well, you're not a geek, but when you ca get caught up in the moment, you got a pair of cute eyes looking at you, gorgeous hair and a quirky smile, you can't help but melt a little in the heart and the knees. So go weak in the knees. So I'll forgive you there, DJ. I love how Rusty jumps in there with teasing DJ, which, of course, this whole thing is going to lead into the big culmination of the secret admirer um, note that he's going to be working on in the next scene. This is all just what he, you know, what he needs to put this whole, you know, get his creative prankster mind to going. He, and he, because he, like, after she closes the door and everything like that, and he's like, oh, DJ and Mrs. Ricky the Paperboy. And he's like, puts his arms around his, like, and of course, she's like, oh, grow up. And I love how Danny's like, oh, Cindy, look, they're fighting just like brother and sister. Isn't it adorable? And of course, Rusty and DJ look at each other like, oh, because DJ, of course, is 14, and Rusty's got to be right around maybe 10 or 11. Because Stephanie is 8 years old, and she does mention in this episode that Rusty is 2 years older than her, so he's got to be right around 10. I gotta mention Kimmy's outfit here. She's got lime green leggings, a orange turtleneck, and a XL size t-shirt 
with like a bunch of like a peace symbol, a flower. Looks like someone offset who works in wardrobe. And she's like, oh, put a flower and a peace symbol and write uh, world peace. Um, write, put a little panda bear on there, maybe some flowers, some, some grass and all that stuff. And it's just like someone just had a fun time. The wardrobe person probably looked their kid like, oh, we're going to paint on this shirt and draw pictures. You're good at drawing pictures, right, little boy, son? Okay, great. Have at it. One last thing about Ricky before he leaves. He is wearing, of course, it's the 90s. It's about the neon clothes, right? He is wearing a sky blue shirt with a royal blue uh it's basically kind of like a big stripe of royal blue and then top, excuse me, top and bottom is the maybe sky blue, maybe um, robin's egg blue. And then it's got like some little zigzag and, uh, you know, pattern um, above the royal blue below it in like either red or orange, I can't tell. He's also, of course, wearing a awesome leather jacket. mm Goes great with his beautiful brown hair and his gorgeous eyes. I'm looking at a picture. I gotta stop drooling over Ricky. I'm sorry, but I, I gotta stop. This is, if I were, in 1990 when this aired, I would have been eight. I would have been Stephanie's age, but I mean, look at him. He's cute. Apparently this backyard barbecue, whoopsie, is going to take place a bit later in the day. Because this gives Rusty time. Mind you, he's doing this in a house full of people. The only one that notices is little Michelle, who's about four years old at the time. And Rusty's sitting at the table. He's got this giant typewriter. Like, where did this come from? My only guess is it's DJ's because she works on the school paper. And... <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, typing up a little uh, love note from Ricky to DJ. But he signs it, like, let's say, from Ricky. And he's like, oh, I'm just typing a letter, and you can help me deliver it. The fact that even, I think DJ doesn't even get this letter, and it's supposed to be to her. But the fact she probably think, okay, no, Ricky would not use a typewriter because he's too cool for school. Not that using a typewriter is lame in the 90s, no. I used a typewriter to uh, write little short stories when I was, like, um, in second and third grade. A lot of my inspiration had to do with a lot of the movies I was watching. There was one story I wrote, and I showed it to my dad and my sister. It was about, like, a kid who turned into a dog. <laughs> And then eventually I got, like, a Packard Bell computer, which didn't have anything on it, but a word processor, maybe Carmen Sandiego. Um, but a lot of it, the time when I was, like, 14, I would just be in there just typing away stories, like, based on, um, like, It Takes Two or um, home Mixed with Homeward Bound or, no, uh, a type of Homeward Bound story or something like that. And I never printed those stories off because we had this really crappy printer that I guess the computer was from my sister and her husband at the time they had gotten a new one and this one was just I guess wasn't what they wanted so I inherited it for my 14th birthday but anyway
anyway, I mean, I could see if TJ got this letter, which he doesn't. She's the only one in the family that does, <laughs> does not get this letter, which is funny because she's the intended recipient, supposed to be the intended recipient of this letter. I can see her saying, like, no, Ricky did not type this, because we'll get into the words of this letter when it gets passed around. Just some of the words, and it's just, uh, Rusty, I mean, you're an amateur. I love how he's like, well, Michelle, guess what? You are going to deliver this letter. Kind of like a mailman. And Michelle, I love her response. She's like, I am very busy today. I love how we hear, like, the change kind of jingle in his pocket as he's pulling it out. He gives her a nickel. And it's like, oh, no, he gave her a penny. Like, dude, she ain't delivering that for a penny. What's wrong with you, boy? And even she, I mean, she's like, a penny? Really? <laughs> no, I want a nickel. She doesn't say it like that, of course, because she's three, but still. It's like, uh, mm -mm -mm. no. For a penny, I throw the hey, go outside the door and throw this in the nearest trash bin. For a nickel, I might deliver it to somebody. It may or may not be DJ. I haven't decided yet. For two nickels, I will deliver this letter to my quote-unquote sister, because I do have two of them, and you didn't specify which one, and I will attempt to read it to them, even though I don't know how to read yet. And I promise not to... No, no she's going to blow his cover. <laughs> oh, yeah. He should have added a few stipulations to this, but... Eh. I'm going to play this clip. Hey, mister, what are you up to now? Oh, yeah. I'm just typing a letter. And you can help me deliver it. Like a mailman. I'm very busy today. Well, to tell you what, little lady, I'll give you this bright, shiny, new penny. Don't be cheap. Give me a nickel. Yes, girl, you do that. That's how you do it. I like, give me all the change in your okay, hand. Now take this letter into the kitchen and give it to your sister. Now, here is the fun part. Tell her it's from Ricky the Paper Boy. But that's a lie. Here is another nickel. You got it, Daddy. Oh, yeah. This is going to make DJ crazy. <laughs> Can you? One thing I love. She says, "What? hey, mister, what are you up to now? Because, of course, she is well-versed in the crazy prank antics of Rusty, the master of disaster. Like, clearly, you're going to wreak havoc on my family again. Yeah. She knows. When he goes to give her the penny, I love her response. She's like, don't be cheap. Give me a nickel. Good girl. Never settle for less. I would have, if I were, I would like, give me all the change in your hand. <laughs> and maybe I'll think about delivering this. So when Rusty hands her the letter, I notice that there are like at least five lines of type. Granted, of course, the actor, Jordan Christopher Michael, didn't write type that out himself. That was already there. He just had to give the illusion that he was typing something. I love how he, like, bends down and like, all right, here's the fun part when he gives her the letter. Tell her it's from Ricky the Paperboy. And Michelle's like, well, that's a lie. And he's like, okay, here we go. Here is another nickel. 
<laughs> and she throws her thumb up like, you got a deal, dude. And of course, Rusty laughs maniacally when Michelle leaves him. Oh my gosh, it's just gonna drive DJ crazy. Oh <laughs> uh, boy. Oh my goodness gracious, that. What if? It's almost like Michelle's outfit. It's basically like a big, like, onesie with parachute pants. And those things are huge. They're like those. That bottom half, even though it's one whole outfit, looks like it's swallowing her from the bottom up. Oh my god. Those are more than parachute pants. Those are I'm going to devour you pants from the bottom up. Michelle comes out, hand, holds the letter out to Stephanie. This is for my sister. And Stephanie, of course, is like, well, who gave this to you? And I love Michelle's response. I do not lie. It was rusty. <laughs> but I'm keeping the money. Good girl. You keep that money. You keep that 10 cents. This is for my sister. Who gave this to you? I do not lie. It was rusty. But I'm keeping the money. <laughs> I've loved you secretly for a long time. When I see you in the house, my heart burns with passion. I can't live without your love. What? Sign hot for you. Ew! Ew! Gross! What do you think? Ew! Gross! Because Rusty loves me. Ew! Gross! Yeah, really. If anyone finds out I got a love letter from that doofus, I'll I would have the subtitles on. Unfortunately, they're only in French, so. <laughs> I mean, I can hear what they're saying and stuff, but sometimes it's good with the subtitles because sometimes you miss something like somebody mumbles, blah, 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 and, and actually the subtitles sometimes will pick up what they're mumbling, which is an added bonus, of course. All right, let's go back to the words of this love letter. Like I said, this... No 14-year-old boy is coming up with this. This is... This is like something a grown adult would probably text to another grown adult. I've loved you secretly for a long time. When I see you in the house, my heart burns with passion. I can't live without your love. And then they sign it, hot for you. Do you know what this almost makes me think? This makes me think of a co-worker who's secretly in love with their other co-worker who's had a crush on them for a long time, doesn't know how to make a move, and decides to just send out this letter anonymously. It's just, it's gross. Hot for you. Ugh. No, like I said, no 14-year-old boy is writing something like that, even in 1990. I mean, if I were Stephanie... And an older boy wrote that for me, I would honestly immediately show that to an adult. That is just, that is just disgusting. And I'm surprised he didn't put in there, I want to do things to you. It's nasty. Rusty, son, you have a very disgusting and disturbing mind. I mean, I know he's 10. I know he's got curiosities. Like all you know, teenage, pre-teens get at some point. 
but this is just wrong. So, as I said um, in the last episode going into this episode, that there is a... Every single person, even Comet in this episode, has a voiceover. Yeah. Heavy, heavy in voiceover. Of course, Stephanie's response is that she's reading is, Ew, gross! And Michelle's like, why? What's, what? What is it? What does it say? <laughs> Rusty's in love with me, can you believe it? And of course, Michelle's like, Ew, gross! And of course, in Stephanie's mind, because she's got these facial cues, just like, Oh, God, I gotta get rid of this letter. Oh, my God, if anyone found out... If anyone found out I got a love letter from this doofus, oh, I'll die. So, of course, Stephanie doesn't throw the letter away because otherwise if she did, we wouldn't have the rest of this episode with people getting confused. No, um, she puts it in Cindy's laundry basket, or probably Danny's laundry basket. Yeah, it is Danny's with his stuff. Just his stuff is being dry cleaned. Nobody else's. Michelle turns off and runs, like, ew, gross! And she turns around and runs. I'm like, oh my gosh, girl, you're gonna trip over those parachute pants. They're so baggy. Just makes me nervous. So, Cindy comes in. She's gonna be the second victim of this letter. Uh, <laughs> um, she, she tells Stephanie that Danny wants her to bring out the air freshener. Apparently, it doesn't smell woodsy enough. That is a waste of air freshener scent. You have your outside. Oh, my God. Where are you going to spray it that someone's going to get anything out of it? You're going to, like, let's spray it over the picnic table. Oh, it's going to smell so woodsy. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be like we're having a picnic in the woods. Woo! Like, come on, Danny. No. You save that for the bathroom. So, Stephanie pulls what looks like, it's got a yellow top on it. I swear it looks like some type of industrial cleaning solution that you would use, like, on your oven or something like that. It's a canister. It doesn't look anything like a, a Glade. Like, right now, I'm still working on, I swear, I can make those little tall air fresheners, like, uh, you spray in your, after you've, you know, use the did number two in the bathroom. I can make those last years. You want to know why? Because I get the seasonal ones, and I usually tend to do them during the season. Like, I've had, like, a fall one. I've had a peppermint one. Uh, I've had, like, it's like nutmeg apple that I'm currently using now, just even though it's not Christmas time. But I just, I love, like those scents and using them around the specific times. Same thing goes with the uh, Bath and Body Works, like the little wallflower refills. I I have so many of those, and I just love having certain scents um, at certain times. Really, One I have right now in my bathroom is the hot cocoa and cream, which is really good. Another one, I have a candle of uh, chocolate lava cake, which is really good. Alright, Joey comes upstairs, and he's wearing a, gosh, how would you even describe this shirt? It's kind of like an orangey mustard, if mustard could be orange, 
uh, shirt with jeans, and of course he's like, hey, he's really like schmoozing her, like, hey, Cindy, how's my favorite dry cleaning lady? And of course, Cindy knows the drill, she's familiar with Joey. Joey, <laughs> what'd you spill? Ketchup on my shirt, mustard on my pants. Oh, that laundry basket is Joey's. Okay. And he's like, oh, I gotta stop making sandwiches in the car. Please tell me you're not doing that at a traffic light. He's probably, like, in a parking lot somewhere making a sandwich. Nobody makes a sandwich in the car. <laughs> That's exactly why you don't do that. He's got... What's that image? There's like a boat or something with some like people that aren't of this century. They look like they're like from the 1700s. One of them's got a very creepy smile. Oh my gosh, that's frightening. Is that like a, one of those, is it a gondola or something? I, I, I'm no one going to get it wrong. You know, in France, like the, the guy with, with the long pole and you're like sitting in the boat and it's romantic, that kind of thing. Okay, so this is how we get the first mix-up. Well, this is actually the second one because Stephanie was the first victim. The next victim, of course, is going to be... It's going to be sent. It's going to be hitting all the ladies, you know, Stephanie, Cindy, Becky. Uh, apparently, Jesse's going to check the Kimmy. No, that it's going to go through the entire house. It's going to hit pretty much everybody. Yeah, I mean, actually, now that I think about it, it's not just the ladies that are recipients of this letter. It cycles through everybody. I mean, if Comet could read, it would have hit him too. He's like, oh my gosh, Joey's in love. No! <laughs> Michelle's in love with me. What? <laughs> As he does say to Cindy, oh, Cindy, by the way, I guess a letter in there, it explains everything, like every single stain in here. So don't worry about it. It's all good. It's all goo. Okay, you did not oh, need to kiss her on the face, Joey. It explains everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the audience. Oh. His heart burns with passion. He can't live without my love. Joey's hot for me. Sid, you gotta come smell the backyard. It's pine forest fresh. I will. Um, I just have to take out Joey's laundry. Oh, and it means nothing to me. Uh, nothing. Hi. Ooh, I'm taking Joey's laundry out to my van. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Hi. I'm sorry I'm late. Oh, and the jello didn't gel yet. Hey, that's okay. We'll just tell everyone it's lime soup. Uh. Back to me a favor. Take a look at some notes I made for tomorrow's show. I'm thinking about some changes that may affect <laughs> us both. Let me know how you feel, okay? 
sure I'll get it right now. Love that wording. Great. Now I'll go put out some soup bowls and croutons for your jello. Okay, I gotta say this. Let's go back into the kitchen here with Cindy and Joey. He hands her his basket of dirty laundry spilled sandwich makings. Um, and he, this is just, how long has she been with Danny? I'd say, let's say a month. Let's say a month, month and a half. And Joey kisses Cindy on the cheek. I think the only reason this happened was so that way when she reads the letter, um, I guess it's just, it just seems like he's, he's a little too familiar with her, where... If I were Cindy, I would immediately be like, hey, why'd you do that? Um, we're not close in that way that, yet that you can just kiss me, you know, in a friendly way on the cheek as a way of thanking me. You could have just given her a handshake. You didn't have to kiss her. In the, I, I just, I don't like that. But I get, of course, maybe in order to get her to believe this letter that she's going to come upon... I love the audience's reaction, how Joey's like, oh, I put a letter in there, it explains everything. And they're like, oh, 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 And it's just amazing how fast it goes from Cindy and Joey to Becky and Danny. Like, within the course of, like, less than five minutes, it's like, boom, boom. Like, oh, wow. This thing, it moves lightning quick. Okay, now, actually, now that I'm going back and looking at this scene, we, upon closer inspection, I see what Joey's shirt is. It's not, like, three guys in a boat. It's two guys. One's playing a, a violin. The other one's playing what looks like maybe a possibly a cello. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it looks like, um... Like the um the music um a music stand with like the the booklet with the yeah is that I can't tell I don't think that's a third person on the very end though but wow it just amazed I just thought I'm like oh my gosh that is not even what I originally thought it just I thought it was like I mean the guy playing the violin definitely does have that weird creepy it almost looks like that mask from that movie. Um, V for Vendetta. And guys, I want to apologize for coughing. I have been actually coughing quite a bit. Um, although, just be... To ease your minds, I've been... If you guys are regular listeners of the podcast, you guys know I've been coughing for the last two to three years. It is... Um, I'm going with, like, an acid reflex issue. Um, also a lot of it has to do with being overweight. So... Don't be alarmed when you hear me coughing. I am really, <clears throat> I think I'll, some of it may have to do with me drinking Diet Coke too. But then again, it's just, it's something I'm dealing with and it just seems to be aggravated. I've actually, this is day four, everybody, of me being inside and not having gone out anywhere. Which, we're supposed to stay home anyway, so, but I really should probably check and make sure my car's still... The battery should not be dead. Yeah, I just checked. I beeped it. It's fine. I love the audience's reaction to him saying, I put a note in there, explains everything, and she pulls it out. And she's walking towards the living room because she's going to put it in her van. Of course, we get another voiceover as 
Oh my, I'm not a fan of Cindy's dress. It kind of definitely clashes with these like brown worn looking leather boots that she's wearing. But the first line, because she's like reading as Joey like and her mind Joey sent it to her. His heart burns with passion. Immediately the laundry basket tucked under her arm drops to the floor because she isn't that much that much shock. You can't live without my love? Joey's hot for me? And she sits on the coffee table and just kind of like, what? Of course, Cindy freaks and she hears Danny coming into the living room. Like, oh my gosh, I gotta get rid of this letter. Luckily, there's a little folder on the coffee table and she slips it right in there. Danny's like, oh my gosh, Sin, you have to come out and smell the yard. It smells woodsy, piney fresh. It's amazing. She goes, oh, uh, I just have to um take Joey's basket of clothes, which means nothing, nothing to me, I swear. I'm taking them out to my van. Whew. It's almost like she thinks that Danny can read her thoughts. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't want him to know about this letter. I don't want him to know about Joey's secret thoughts. Love for me. And Danny's like, okay, that was weird. I don't really, normally I'm not concerned when you take my friend's laundry to your um, establishment, but um, now that you've said that, hmm, I think uh, my, my, my wheels in my brain are kind of turning like, uh. Of course, he's just like, oh, whatever. Yeah, sure. Joey's laundry, yep. Of course. Cindy opens the door, and who happens to be there but Becky, who is wearing a long, oversized button-up cardigan with a carnation pink um, top that has a little bit of lace, kind of v-neck lace. And she... (laughs) Um, This is probably another thing where Becky gets a rap where she can't really cook too well, which is a thing that they did with some TV shows. Families just couldn't cook. Wives couldn't cook. The husbands actually did better at cooking or it just, it's just a weird trope. Same thing with growing pains. Apparently Maggie really couldn't cook too, too much. And Jason was usually the one that her husband was the one that cooked. She brings a glass bowl, uh, almost like a mixing bowl. Of green slime liquid that looks like she just took one of the Ninja Turtles and melted it in the microwave. And the ooze that came from its body. Yeah. And she's like, oh, the jello didn't quite gel yet. And I love Danny's response of, well, we'll just put out soup bowls and croutons and we'll call it lime soup. Even brought, if anything, maybe put it in the freezer. I mean, I've never made jello before, so I really don't know what the protocol is for that. If it didn't like gel over like it's supposed to, is it supposed? I'm gonna, I want to look that up real quick because I kind of want to know, even though I don't plan to make jello in the future, I like it okay, but it's not my end all be all go to snack. Definitely not lime. I mean, I remember popsicles. My cousins and I, the orange ones and the green ones were the last to go. Usually we go for the purple, the red, the blue, and then orange probably would be over the lime ones. All right, here is how to fix jello that will not set. 
All right, preparing jello involves mixing the supplied gelatin with boiling hot water, adding the appropriate amount of cold water, and placing the end result in the refrigerator to set for a few hours. Okay, simple enough. Just pop it in the fridge for a few hours. You can have it for a dessert, like, later on in the evening. Well, sounds straightforward enough. There are a lot of ways to mess up jello, especially when additional ingredients like fruit are added to the recipe, which I don't think there are in hers. If your jello mix will not set, you can try to salvage it. If it can't be salvaged, however, you'll need to start the process over again. By but by following some basic tips at the outset and by relying on some ready remedies after the jello has been made, you should be able to make a final product that sets properly. Dissolve gelatin in boiling water, then, or in boiling water before the cold water is added to the mix when preparing it from scratch. If the gelatin is not completely dissolved before cold water is added, it will not set properly. Place the jello in the refrigerator and allow it to set for at least six hours. Jello poured into thick molds and jello containing fruits and vegetables take longer to set. That, ew, vegetables? What vegetables are you putting in Jello? I think strawberries and bananas and maybe some mandarin oranges maybe might be the norm, right? Cover the Jello pan with plastic wrap. If you're leaving it set, leaving it to set overnight, this will prevent the Jello from hardening and allow it to set correctly. Remove all fruits that can prevent Jello from setting. Fruits such as guava figs, ginger, papaya, pineapple, and kiwi all contain an enzyme which breaks down the gelatin and prevents it from settling properly. All right, pick out fruits and vegetables from the jello until it has begun to thicken. The jello should remain in the refrigerator for at least an hour and a half before removing fruits and vegetables in this way. Make sure canned fruit and vegetables are well drained and never use fresh or frozen fruits that contain enzyme that breaks down the gelatin. Re-refrigerate the jello for an additional four hours. All right, everybody, that's a tip for you. If you make the jello and sometimes things happen where it doesn't set, now you know why and now you can know what you need to do to prevent that from happening. I love how Cindy's like, oh, I'm, I'm taking Joey's laundry out to my van. And Becky's like, eh, okay, I could have lived the rest of my life not knowing that piece of information, but thank you. She's like, yeah, thank you for sharing that knot. It's so liquidy. Becky, did you even put it in the fridge? What do you think? Oh, I'll put it in for 30 minutes and it'll be fine. No. I can imagine lime jello's got to be, like, the bottom of the barrel flavor. I mean, I can imagine, like, the same with popsicles. You want to go, like, grape, strawberry, um, maybe raspberry, blue raspberry, I don't know. Um, jello does, um, the, the Oreo cookies and cream pudding. I know pudding is different from jello, but it's also pretty good. Jeremy had made that recently, and I kept kicking myself, like, oh, if I don't get some now, he's going to eat it all. And, of course... He ate it all. I didn't get to have some, but that was on me because I um, didn't take advantage of when I should have. So Danny says, hey, Becky, um, take a look at some notes I made. I think uh, they involve some changes that will definitely affect us both. And, of course, the audience is like, ooh, boy. Like, let me know how you feel, okay? What changes can you possibly make with the show that, unless he ran it by the producers or his boss, what change little minuscule changes could he possibly make all right so let's see how becky handles this one mind you the adults are reading this and not thinking well gee these words sure sound like a kid wrote them rusty i think you could have a nice career writing harlequin romance novels with your wording
He has to, does he? Danny's trying to get rid of Jesse so he can be alone with me. Oh, Becky, stop. What's the difference? Who cares? I care. I care deeply. Okay. Jess, I'll go bring the car around. Well, as long as you're going to the store, let me go check the fridge and see if we need any other condiments. Where are you going to send me now? Mustard City? Hey, it is right across from Pickleton. Mustard City. guys this just seems so preposterous that the ladies are just buying into this because it's not signed it's signed from hot for you <laughs> that could be anybody how do they know who's hot for them well for becky it'd probably be jesse for cindy it'd be danny she didn't think oh wow danny wrote this to me oh danny i really like this letter you wrote for me or becky like oh jesse i really i knew you felt this way about me because i feel this way about you too because neither one of them suspects that it's gonna be their significant other it's gonna be the person they just interacted with because if they thought it was their significant other it wouldn't be funny so Becky's like, oh my gosh, Danny can't live without my love? If Jesse finds out, he'll kill Danny. And I'd be like, if if I were Becky and I had um an ounce of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Incredibility, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying Becky's dumb, but it's just like, they've really dumbed the ladies down with this. It's like, come on. But if I were her, I'd be like, well, wait a minute. This can't possibly be from Danny. Where are these notes? Oh, here they are. I'd be like, Becky, keep digging in that folder. You'll find the notes that Danny left for you, actually. The same thing with Cindy. Keep digging in that dirty, dirty, gross. Um, we you get to your laundry mat and you can just take some tongs and just start pulling out, like, pieces of his laundry in that laundry bag. Ew. Oh, here it is. Oh, ew, it's got a stain on here. Ew. Oh, this is nuts. She's like, oh, I could have my own show. Excuse me? 
That's not how it works. You would not. You'd still be a co-host. It's just weird how she's actually contemplating the idea of being with Danny. Like, that's not going to give you a leg up in your job because you both do the same thing. I mean, yes, in season eight, she'll be, um, was it seven or eight, where she'll be the producer of Wake Up San Francisco? Yeah. I love how she's fanning herself with the note, like, ooh, I like the idea of this. Of course, Jesse returns because there's a pickle dilemma. Danny sent him across town to Pickle Town to get, like, some gherkins, because Danny's whole menu is based around the gherkin. And you can clearly tell it's a name brand, because you can see that bird, that pelican, or whatever it's supposed to be on the top of um, the can. It's like Velasic pickles, right? That's the bird. So I'm looking at Vlasic. Oh, found in 1942. Uh, headquarters, Persephone, New Jersey. Pickled cucumbers. Interesting. There are so many different... I, I never liked pickles. Whenever I went to McDonald's as a kid and got the um, La Happy Meal, they'd have pickles on it, and, I, and that'd be the first thing. Luckily, the onions were nice and, like, minced, so it wasn't a big deal. I could you know, deal with that. But the pickles, right, I'm like, I am not. This is before I'm like, oh, can I get this, but I can't have this and this off of it? Like, you know, is there lettuce, tomatoes, and pickles, or onions? Yeah, all that off. Yes, guys, I admit, I am one of those type of people that when I order, I want it done. And that's not a big deal. That's not really, it's not like I'm having it made a special way. Like, one side of the Hamburger, I want one line of ketchup. On the other side, I want one line of mustard. And then in the middle, I want one line of mayo. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that, like, yeah. Um, this bird, it's a white bird. You want to know what he, he's got a little hat. He's got a little red bow tie, of course. He's got spectacles. Makes you kind of think of Scrooge McDuck. But you want to know who he really reminds me of? If you've seen Dumbo, remember the bird that was doing all the, you know, delivered Dumbo to his mother and all the other baby animals? That's who this guy reminds me of. I know it's not the same because he's dealing with pickles and not with, like, zoo animal babies, but, uh, yeah. Okay, let's talk about the difference between a gherkin and a, um, a dill pickle. So basically a gherkin, gherkins are pickles, but pickles are not gherkins, just pickled cucumbers. Uh, okay. Okay, here we go. A simple explanation of the difference between dill and gherkin. As nouns, the difference between gherkin and dill is that gherkin is a small cucumber, often pickled whole, while dill is a herb, the seeds of which are moderately warming, pungent, and aromic, and were formerly used as soothing medicine for children, also known as dill seed. Good enough. Alright, let's move on from this. We don't want to hear any more pickle talk. But we're gonna get it! Are you insane? Danny, you sent Jesse on a witch hunt for low-sodium gherkins? Jesse's like, look, I got dills, okay? He's gonna have to just lump it and eat the dills. So, of course, Jesse goes in for a kiss. Bicky's like, oh gosh, you gotta hide this letter. Why did you keep it in your hand? 
Well, of course, she didn't have time to put it back in the folder because Jessie, like, popped right in. She could have just, like, oh, put this in the folder. But she's got it in her hand. She's got to distract him with a little bit of tongue kissing because apparently that's what he's into. And she, like, manages, while she's kissing him, to grab a book on the side table, slip the letter in there... And she's like, oh, he's like, hey, what are you doing behind my back? And she's like, oh, look at this book. It's a library book, Overdue, by Kimmy Gibbler. Oh, my gosh, the child is out of control. But Danny, of course, comes into the living room, complains about where you been, Jesse. Like, my food is going to get cold. You should have been here, like, 30 minutes ago. And Jesse's like, you sent me on a wild gherkin chase. Here's your dills. Enjoy. His entire menu is based around the gherkin. No one's gonna give a butt. Nobody's gonna care. How many of the people in your family eat pickles? I bet anything. I don't think Michelle eats pickles. I can't see. I mean, kids have different palates than adults. And I know I was told as a kid, like, oh, don't worry, when you're older, you'll have a different palate. You'll be more into eating, like, vegetables and pickles and onions and tomatoes and everything. You'll be more in Never, ever happened. Nope, I'm still as finicky now as I was when I was probably Michelle's age or Stephanie's age. Especially when I was Stephanie's age. Whew, couldn't take me to a buffet. Load up on <laughs> sunflower seeds from the salad bar. <laughs> That's why my dad would make me lie about my age so I could get in at half price or free. Pickle Town, huh? Yeah. Uh, there's a place dedicated to Pickle Town, and there's a mustard city across the street. <laughs> we get inner monologue here from Becky's like, oh my gosh, Danny's trying to get rid of Jesse so he can be close to me. Becky, come on, girl. Of course, Jesse, I, I agree with Jesse here. It's like, Dills, Gherkins, who cares? It's not a big deal. Nobody's going to care once they bite into that burger with the pickles on it. Who cares? I really don't think the pickle type of pickle is going to, like, mess up the taste of the burger. I mean, one, like I said, once it's in the, covered by the bun and you got all your other condiments on it, you're not even going to be thinking about it. You're like, gosh, I am so hungry. I don't care what kind of pickle I'm eating. Just that I'm eating is all that matters to me. Of course, just like, who cares? Gherkins, dills, who cares? And of course, Becky's like, oh, I care. I care deeply. And they're like, what? He's like, Jess, don't worry. I'll bring the car around. But Danny's like, hey, since you're going to the store again, let me check and make sure we don't need anything else. Are you? Oh my god, this is the day of a barbecue. This clearly had to be planned in advance. Wouldn't you make sure you got the necessary condiments, what you need? I mean, you're sending people the day of. So that means your dinner is going to be late because you're waiting for people to run to the store, get the wrong item, have to go back to the store, get the right item. And it's just like people are like, I'm hungry. I'm going to make myself a sandwich because I'm not eating a family barbecue at like eight o'clock at night because I'm just not because I don't my dinner I have it between five and six that's how I do it I'm not eating dinner at seven to eight o'clock at night that is just that's not how I do things by eight o'clock at night I'm having a snack all right now we got Kimmy she's gonna be victim number four because we've had Stephanie we've had Cindy we've had Becky, now we got Kimmy. 
And then after this, it's going to flip it on its head because guess what? Now the guy's going to turn at the C in this letter. Oh, of course, Kimmy's like, hey, Jesse, since you're going out, can you give me a copy of Teen Hunk? It's got a scratch and sniff ad for uh, New Kids on the Block Cologne, which I bet anything that was a thing in 1990. Alright, so I did a little searching. I did not see anything for New Kids on the Block Cologne. I swear there was, I mean, I've heard of like Hilary Duff uh, perfume from like the 2008. I even bought some. It smelled nice. I really, I, I don't really wear perfume. I just, oh, it smells nice. Um, but I couldn't find anything. I looked eBay. I looked, like, on YouTube for, like, an ad, commercial. Nothing. I even looked up Teen Hunk, and oh my gosh, guys, do not Google that. You will get so much, like, porn ads. And it's like, I, I just want to look up Teen Hunk magazine. And I'm getting stuff for, for freaking porn sites. Oh my god. Don't go down that rabbit hole, guys. Do not go down that rabbit hole. Woo! All I had to say was it doesn't exist and I'll live with that. But don't, don't give me these links to these sites. I don't, I don't, I'm not into that stuff. When I was a teenager, my teen magazines were 16, Teen Beat, Bop, or BB. They're both made from the same company. And, um... I know Seventeen Magazine was more kind of up, like, you know, probably about, like, 15, 16-year-olds. Um, but Teen Beat, Tiger Beat was another one where you had, like, articles on the boys, you know, girls, you know, that you liked. And then, but it definitely had the posters, which was the best. My time of liking them were around, like, 95 all the way up to, like, 98, 99. And I was so big into Devin Sawa. I'm not so much into JTT, but they were the two big ones that a lot of, like, if JTT was on one side of a poster, you turn it over, it's going to be, like, Devin Sawa or something. So, if you liked them both, that was kind of like, what side do I put up? Maybe I'll put up this side this week. Maybe I'll put up this side next week. However... This just kind of makes me think of that Simpsons episode where Lisa has the mumps and she wants Homer to get her a magazine, a teen magazine. And Homer goes there and says, gosh, how many of these teen magazines are there? So he buys a whole bunch of them and he takes them to the register and the clerk just kind of like eyeballs him like, oh my god, really? This. And Homer's like, they're for my daughter. And the clerk's like, yeah, right, they are. But of course, no, Jesse's not going to go buy Teen Hunk for you. Kimmy, you do that on your own time. You're a guest in their house. And sadly, 99% oh, of the people in the house don't like you. A, I don't buy Teen Hunk. And two, as he hands her the library book, there's a little surprise in there for you, Kimbo. Oh, boy. This is just all kinds of wrong. <laughs> yes, it was 1990, but still. <laughs> Woo! I think we've gotten a little bit of a hint that even though Kimmy kind of grapples with, you know, Danny and they have their one-liner little cute quibs and stuff, I think secretly that Kimmy had a thing for Jesse, which, judging by this next scene here, it's a viable certainty that she does. Michelle appears in the doorway and says, I have two nickels. What can I buy with this? And Uncle Jesse, as he's passing by, says, a dime. Like, that's it? All right, so I'm going to play this clip. Let's see how it goes down with Kimmy. <laughs> 
gets to the whoa baby Jesse's hot for me and of course Michelle's just kind of looking at her like just like because Kimmy says hey you better be nice to me I could wind up your aunt Kimmy if I marry your uncle Jesse and then Michelle's head is like no way Jose and then she's like no way Jose no I mean you're dreaming girl (laughs) that is never gonna happen and pretty much you're going to wind up like a sister-in-law is how you're going to wind up many years later. You're definitely not going to be an aunt to Michelle. Oh, she's like, well, I better go, would she say gloss and floss? Ugh, that's gross. I mean, if you've got a floss for teeth. I think at this point, isn't Andrea Barber wearing like the retainer or braces? I think it's like, yeah, it's like a retainer because we see sometimes, maybe it might be the, I trying to think if it's this season or next season, but we sometimes see when she talks, she's got, like, this metal, like, line around her front, you know, set of teeth there. And I'm thinking it's a, it's possibly a retainer. And I think that's more possibly in line with the actress and not so much the character, but they, if she had to have them, there's probably just right at the end of the show. Apparently at one time, um, DJ wore a retainer, which I don't, we, we never saw it. So, Kimmy leaves to gloss and floss, you know, brush her teeth, make herself smell good, and all that good stuff. Becky ducks into the doorway. The, the front door, mind you, this whole time has been open. Anybody could just come in there and just destroy that family. But Becky's like, Jess, where are you? I thought we are going to Pickletown. What's up? Danny, of course, wanted to get Jess. Since you're going to Pickletown, let me make you a list so I don't have to send you there like a third or fourth time. This is how cell phones would be great, right? While he's there, like, hey, Danny, I'm at the checkout. I got your... They they didn't have uh, gherkins, so I had to get you dills. Oh, you need mustard? Man, what time is this barbecue happening? Eight o'clock at night? Oh, we got plenty of time. Oh, Kimmy put the note in Becky's sweater that was laying on the couch right by her as she read the letter. And Jesse grabs the sweater, and that's where he finds the letter. And, of course, it's in Becky's pocket, so he's like, well, this is probably what she was trying to hide from me originally. So let's find out how this goes. <laughs> of course, being her fiancé, he's going to uh, react in anger and jealousy. I see you in the house. 
This must be from Danny or Joey. Or Rusty. I don't believe this letter. Me either. <laughs> I gotta learn to read. Michelle, my dearest little niece. Could you go ahead and ask your daddy and Joey to come in here, please? One of them supposedly gave it to you. I'm gonna find out right now which one of my best friends is a backstabbing weasel. Okay. Which one of my best friends would like to escort my fiance to Pickletown? Hey, I'll go. Come on, Becky. Aha! So Danny's the weasel who wants my Rebecca. Rebecca. Danny, you got a million things to do. I'll take Becky. Maybe Joey's the real reason. Weasel. Oh, hi, Cindy. Uh, you want to take a ride to the store? With the man who's trying to steal me from Dave. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. I haven't smelled the backyard yet. <laughs> you know what? This is just stupid. I'm just going to call Pickle Town. They deliver. 30 minutes or less, or your pickles are free. from Danny or Joey. It's like, what, not Rusty? You don't think Rusty would say that to Becky? I think he might. Maybe. Um, but Becky comes in like, honey, I thought we were going to the store. What's the holdup? And Jesse's like, oh, there's been a change of plans. I'd be like, what the heck? Come on. This is insane. So he brings in Danny and Joey, and they're like, what are we doing here? So apparently both of them have the time to go with Becky to Pickletown. Because Jesse's like, hmm, let's see which one of them wants to steal my fiancé. Which one of you would love to escort my darling fiancé to Pickletown? And of course, Danny is like, oh, I'll go. Come on, Becky. And then Jesse's like, well, it might be Danny. But then Joey jumps in with like, Danny, you got a million things going on right now. I'll take care of it. Come on, Becky. And now Jesse's like, hmm, maybe it's Joey. He's not actually attached to anybody right now. Of course, Cindy comes in and it's like, hey, want to go with me to Pickletown? And she's like, well, I haven't smelled the backyard yet. And of course, Danny's like, this is, this is just nuts. Look. Pickletown delivers. I'll just 
call them and they'll bring it. And Joey's like, hey, 30 minutes or less and your pickles are free. I'm sure there's got to be like a minimal spending amount. I mean, how much are their pickles? Are they first class, like handmade, soaked in brine for weeks on end pickles that they probably charge like $25 a can or um, a jar, excuse me? Yeah. So Jesse's like, hey, we got to talk after Becky takes that letter and puts it back in her pocket. We cut to the stairs. Kimmy is just standing, posing like, hello, Jesse. And he's like, what do you want, Gibbler? And of course, and Kimmy's finally like, yeah, act like you don't like me. I'm like, it's not an act. Nobody likes you but DJ. <laughs> so she comes down. She's got the eyebrow raise. She's got the uh, the winking going on. Uh, the smirk. And he just looks at her like, Killer, you gotta do something about that eye of yours. Like, you got gunk in your eye or something. And of course... She takes Becky's hand, examines the engagement ring, and says, Becky, no matter what happens between us, I'll always want us to be friends. Girl, you are dreaming if you think that man is going to dump Becky and marry your 14-year-old self. That is illegal. Keep crushing, because that's as far as you're ever going to get. So, Michelle, like I said, she's like... For. She she can't read well yet, and she doesn't know what the letter says. And she's like, gosh, I gotta read. And we find her in her room, sitting in her rocking chair, reading Dr. Se well, just flipping through the pictures, trying to figure out the words, you know, the ABC Dr. Seuss book. Rusty, of course, don't know what, I want to know what that boy's been doing this whole time. Because, hey, Michelle, do you deliver the letter like I said? She's like, yes, I did. And he's like, all right, what happened? She's like, everything went crazy. Everyone's going nuts. He's like, yes, that's exactly what I wanted. He's like, hey, did you deliver that letter to your sister? And she's like, yes, I did. He's like, what happened? She's like, everything went bananas. And he's like, oh, great, it worked. Again, he doesn't specify what sister. He just assumes... She gave the letter to DJ. DJ freaked out thinking it was Ricky the Paperboy and Jess is just all in a flutter. No, it's a lot more, uh, it's like pfft, all over the house. Everyone's infected with this love letter. And he's like, oh, we make a great team. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. He's rubbing her head like she's a dog or something like that. It's like, kid... You need to see a professional because this is, I get kids can be, you know, crafty like this and whatnot, but not to this extent. This kid just, he thrives off the misery of other people. Not where they get physically hurt, but it's just like, kid, you got to find an outlet for your, uh, Self. That's probably why Danny gets him into baseball and the uh, Stephanie's um, the episode where she meets Brett, the cutie pie, uh, opposite baseball teamed guy. Him. Because after the New Year's episode, actually, has that happened yet? New Year's has not. Ha the Happy New Year. I've already covered it, but 
this is episode 11, and Happy New Year will take place um, the 13th episode, two episodes later. And it's funny because that air date was like three days before New Year's Eve. But what I'm getting at is the fact that the Happy New Year episode is the last one we will see of Cindy. So this is her second to last episode right now. But it's just like, ugh, this kid, he's just, he needs to do, have an outlet, something. I mean, he's only 10. He's got eight years left of being, a, nine years left of being a teenager. I can only see this getting worse once he gets to school and just, oh my God, this kid. girl's room. Stephanie comes in and she's like, DJ, you are not going to believe this. Rusty wrote me a love letter. And DJ's response, of course, ew. <laughs> ew, gross. So Stephanie can't even fathom, like, why would Rusty write me a love letter? I mean, he's two years older than me and she calls him a cootie burger. So Stephanie's got it in her mind, like, I need to, like, nip this in the butt. I'm going to go dump him. Of course, DJ's like, wait, 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 Steph. But DJ's like, hey, Steph, while I talk to him, there could be a very real possibility that Rusty may have feelings. And they both look at each other like, uh, nah, I don't think so. No, this kid, uh, he's a jumble of so much. So Rusty comes in. He's like, hey, Steph, what's up? I love how he's just so casual about it. Because, of course, he thinks, you know, that Michelle delivered the letter to the original recipient, was, which was going to be DJ. He just looks at Rusty, and Stephanie is all like, how rude! And she just brushes right past him and walks out the door. And he kind of looks at her like, okay, I don't know what that was about. I, for a second, thought when she passed him, she was, like, going to, like, shoulder check him, like, bump him as she walked past, but no. Oh boy, this is gonna be all kinds of backwards, minus a love letter, because DJ's words, yeah. And mind you, Rusty is 10 years old. He's probably gonna start, you know, thinking about, you know, he can't, they can't see each other as siblings, but you know, like, ooh, what's this? DJ likes me? Huh. Oh boy, DJ, that is the wrong word, girl. She sits him on Stephanie's bed. She sits next to him and says, let's talk about love. Um, wow. Uh, you, I can't even think of, you could have used anything but love. <laughs> okay, wow, this just goes from bad to worse. Rusty's like, mm, okay. And <laughs> DJ's just going based on the fact that, you know, this love letter that, Rusty supposedly gave to Stephanie. I understand that you're ready for a girlfriend. What is... 
Can Keely imagine what Rusty is thinking right now in his head? That clearly this girl, older girl, sitting next to him on a bed saying, let's talk about love. I understand you're ready. You want a girlfriend. And it's just like, DJ, you are not thinking about what is coming out of your mouth. Oh, wow. As she says, you need a girlfriend who's older. And more mature. She even puts her hand on his shoulder. And I kid you not, we see Rusty's eyes zero right in on her chest. As he's like, okay. I swear that boy isn't dressing her with his eyes. Ew. Danny, of course, calls upstairs. Hey, everybody in the kitchen, we're going to eat. It's now 8 o'clock. It's time for dinner. <laughs> and she's like, just think about what I said. Not only did she have a hand on his shoulder, she actually puts that hand on his other shoulder and puts her other hand on his, both hands are on her, his shoulders. And it's just really, I can understand with the wording that he is getting, like, I'm getting these vibes. This older girl's into me. This, his mouth is like on the floor. Like, wow, this babe's all over me. And you just see him like, Mouth of Gabe, like, <laughs> like, whoa, Rusty boy, calm the, calm yourself, buddy. And she promises they'll talk later. She pats his back and goes out the room. And of course, we get Rusty's inner dialogue as he says, that babe is hot for the Rust Man. And he's got that weird, like, creepy, cocky, smarmy grin. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, put it in your chest, girl. gelatin soup or it's all called turtle soup because I think she liquidified one of the ninja turtles I'm sure it was Michelangelo she's <laughs> got everyone forming like a little conga line minus the hands on each other like a little love train oh gosh the love train Woo! <laughs> everyone's got their dishes that they're holding to take out uh, looks like Stephanie's got a bowl in one hand a big mixing bowl and then ketchup in the other. And the way that Stephanie's holding this bowl, she's basically palming the bottom of it. And, like, 
Have we learned nothing from the Miracle of Thanksgiving episode when it comes to how you need to hold on to something? Because that thing is gonna tip. I don't know what's in there, but I mean, holding it in your hand, I mean, come on. Yeah, the kids aren't going to get the Love Train reference because they weren't there for the 70s. I mean, DJ was, but I don't think she remembers Love Train. I love Kimmy's, like, arched eyebrow at DJ. Like, oh, your dad's a weirdo. <laughs> He's so corny. Of course, we got a couple stragglers here. We got Becky, who's holding on to uh, Cindy's cake. Joey, that's... I don't know, maybe he's holding diced onions or something. Joey's going to be the caboose. <laughs> so it's amazing that even without this letter, that lines are getting crossed as far as communication and confusion. Because Becky decides she needs to talk to somebody, and so far Joey has not been the recipient of the letter. The only male that is received the letter was Jess. well seen it was jesse and even becky's wording here which i get joey's confused but then again it's joey he's confused about a lot of things she's like sometimes a friend can seem like more than a friend or become more than a friend she says sometimes a friend be can become close to a friend and then that can turn into love oh my god they're not being, oh my god, I can understand how the confusion, you throw that word love, they're throwing the word love in there. And this is like little kids, like, confusing, like, oh, this person held my hand, that means they love me. Or that person said love in a sentence to me, it means they love me. Like, come on. They're acting like children, men, having the mentality of children. I mean, it does make for a funny scenario, but, oh my gosh, the logic. Oh my goodness. So, she already thought of herself with Danny, and now she's picturing herself, oh, this wouldn't be a bad idea, except that I'm engaged to Jesse. So, now you're seeing yourself with Joey, too? Oh. So, she's like, Joey, is this making any sense? And, of course, he takes her hand and says, oh, this is making complete sense. And then Joey kind of like, oh. Oh my gosh, Becky's in love with- Oh, this episode, guys, I swear, it's so kooky. It's just off the rails. Of course, Jesse comes in, sees them holding hands, and immediately his mind goes to, Becky's cheating on me with Joey. What's going on in here? And Joey, of course, plays it off like, oh, I'm just uh, checking her pulse. Yes, she is very healthy. Uh-huh. So I'm going to play this clip. Everybody lend a hand. It's time for the first annual Tanner Family Quality Time Barbecue. Come on, let's go, everybody in line. Oh, this is great. It's like one big love train. People around the world, join hands. Huh. Start a love train. Love train. Great, I'll be the caboose. Joey, stop. You want to be the caboose? Joey, you're the only one I can talk to about this. If Jesse ever found out, he'd go crazy. Beck, you can trust me. I know, you're so sweet. Oh, how do I say this? Joey, you know, sometimes a friend becomes so close to another friend that it turns into love. What? Which wouldn't be so bad if one of those friends wasn't engaged to be married. Joey, is this making any sense? Complete sense. Like, no, it's definitely Holy not. Holy cow, Becky's in love with me. Joey... 
I was uh, checking her pulse. Yeah, she's very healthy. <laughs> mm, boy, those hot dogs smell good. <laughs> now I know it's Joey. I'll kill him. Of course he's not. <laughs> oh my god, you guys. You're nuts. <laughs> Please stop. Alright, so now we're going outside to the barbecue, and Becky is the one, mind you, she's had this letter in her pocket the whole majority of the time. She brings it up to Danny, like, hey, we really need to talk about this, and it's just like, not the time. But then again, everyone's together, so they're kind of like, okay, where did this come from? Who else fell for that? Everybody did? Oh, my gosh. Well, I guess you can't have family barbecues or quality time family grilling sessions without an argument, a disagreement, a possible fight. Luckily, my family outings with my family when they get together and stuff like that. Um, if there were any disagreements or fights, I never walked in on any such thing. Gosh, this is making me really want a burger or a, a brat or a hot dog or something. I am so hungry. We're having cheesy fries tonight, actually. I made a list of food, of dinner ideas and stuff, and I'm kind of slowly crossing them off the list because I'm trying to make them last. Well, the food lasts, so that way I'm not going to the grocery store every week because it's just two people living here, so... Alright, now we got, how many victims have we had of this letter? I think I've lost count at this point. First, it was Stephanie. Then it was Cindy. Then Becky. Then Kimmy. Then Jesse. Then, I'm guessing Danny at this point? He looks down at the letter and he's like, Becky's in love with me? Oh. And he's all like, oh, why do I have to be so gosh darn attractive? I don't think that's it, Danny. So, of course, Becky's like, hide the letter. Jesse's coming. And, of course, he hides it under Michelle's hat. Like, oh, you never saw me. You don't know me. Just go sit down. Michelle, of course, at this time is wearing a sideways blue baseball cap that I think has a zipper on it. It's like, here, you, you don't know me. You never saw me. Like, what? Like, of course I know you. You're my father. What? Uh, this letter. Jesse, of course, is just, like, glaring daggers at Danny. Like, of course, I thought it was Joey, but now look at Danny with a weird grin on his face. He's like, oh, I'll kill both of them and sort it out. Like, stop. But Becky, of course, like, oh, here's your burger, Jesse. And here comes Kimmy with a plate loaded with food. Like, hey, I saved you a seat, Jesse. Wink, wink. And he's like, gosh, Gibbler, you gotta do something about that eye of yours. Or Kimmy, you gotta do something about that eye of yours. He keeps winking and, like, uh, doing the eyebrow raise. Like, huh? Huh? Oh, now we get to Cindy and Joey. She's like, oh, I gotta tell Joey that he doesn't have a chance with me. There's a giant pickle! Is that a giant pickle on Joey's plate? That is a ginormous pickle. So, of course, she's trying to find the words. Like, oh, you have salad dressing on your shirt. And he's like, oh, yeah, here, okay. And she, oh, no, I'm sorry, that's not what I was trying to say. Oh, she's like, oh, there's more. And he's like, what? I thought he got it all. Another choice of words. Joey, sometimes the wrong people fall in love. Again with the word love. 
<laughs> oh, it's not anybody's fault. It just happens, you know? So she's like, I don't want Danny to get hurt. So let's try to control our burning passions. <laughs> A line from the letter. I love how Joey like winks at her like, I'll try my best. Oh, God. So Danny comes along, puts an arm around Cindy, and they go sit down at the picnic table. Joey, of course, of course led to left to his own devices. It's like, he's still got salad dressing on his shirt. He's got a stain there and his little glob right there. She wasn't wrong when she said there's more. And he's looking. Uh, but anyway, it's like, oh, my gosh. First Becky and now Cindy? This new kid's on the block alone really works. I look, guys. It is not a thing. One thing I hate about Joey's character is the way he's always, like, nodding, like, his head side to side, like, oh, 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 oh. like, stop. It's, ugh. I hated, like, when he did that in his stand-up routine. It was like, no one, like, wobbles their head, like, huh, oh, you don't, huh? Like, stop. That's so gross. Don't do that. No girl falls for stuff like that. No girl today, I hope. I'm going to play this clip. We need to talk about this letter. <laughs> I know this is a bad time to bring it up, but I just had to get it out to the open. Becky's in love with me? Why do I have to be so darn attractive? <laughs> I the letter. Jesse's coming. Here. You don't know me. You never saw me. Now go. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was Joey, but look at that silly, guilty grin. Maybe it's Danny. I'll kill both of them and sort it out later. Here's your burger, honey. Hi, Jesse. I saved you a seat. Can you guys do something about that eye of yours? I've got to tell Joey he doesn't have a chance with me. Joey. Hi, Cindy. Just be honest. <laughs> you have salad dressing on your shirt. Oh, gee. Thanks. Wait. Uh, no, there's, there's more. Really? Where? Right where you were before, dude. Joey, sometimes the wrong people fall in love. Oh, it's not anybody's fault. It just happens. I don't want Danny to get hurt. So let's just try to control our burning passions, all right? I'll try my best. Come on, guys. Time for barbecue fun. First Becky falls for me. Now Cindy? Boy, this new kids on the block cologne really works. Cindy, don't fight over me right here. Oh, look, 
Joey is sweet, but I like Danny. Oh, he's such an eloquent speaker. Boring, boring. Why is my daddy so boring? Gee, I hope somebody drops a hamburger. So, to make a long story short, let's just sit back, although be careful there's no backs in your chairs, and relax and enjoy some fun quality time together. Gosh, this really makes me want a burger or a hot dog or something. I got, I gotta find something to snack on. I am hungry, and dinner is like probably close to an hour away, but I'm really hungry. How when the the camera pulls back and we notice like Rusty is sitting on the bench by himself at this moment before you know DJ and Stephanie sit down on either side of him but it's just funny everyone's like no we're sitting on this side of the picnic table you can sit there by yourself you know what on second thought why don't you just sit over there in a corner Rusty where we can keep an eye on you oh by the way I did salvage my burger slash hot dog appetite by having a pulled pork sandwich so yeah I mean, I know, guys, I am not the only one that eats before dinner time. I mean, come on. I mean, I don't normally eat a pulled pork sandwich before I'm going to have dinner, but watching the... Do you ever get that? When you're watching a show and someone's eating something, you're gosh, I really want popcorn. Or, gosh, I really want, like, a funnel cake or something. <laughs> funnel cake isn't bad, but... Mm. Annual tan first annual Tanner family quality time barbecue. It is that is a very long title. And of course Danny's gonna ramble on about the importance of family and togetherness and everything. And while he's doing that, we go around the picnic table and we do get inner workings of the minds of everybody that this letter is pretty much hit. Except for DJ, who is the original recipient. Knows nothing of this letter. Yeah, he starts going on a lecture about quality time and the definition and everything. Of course, Stephanie is like, if Rusty does anything, puts a hand on my shoulder, my knee, he is getting a hot dog in the ear. I'm just going to shove it right into his ear. And Rusty's not looking at Stephanie. No, he's like making puppy dog eyes at DJ. Like, oh, DJ is such a babe like and of course dj's like why is rusty looking at me <laughs> it's funny because we've heard like i said everyone's thoughts except for dj's until now luckily for danny he can ramble on for like hours and hours and ever because while he's rambling he's trying to think about that letter and becky and everything and Becky's kind of looking at Danny like, what is with you? Listen to him ramble on the outside while burning with passion for me on the inside. And I love how she pulls her um, her sweater around here more tightly. Like, oh, I'm showing too much skin. Oh. So Jesse, of course, was like looking at between Danny and Joey. Like, gosh, look at these two weasels. One can't shut up and the other one needs a bib. We notice Joey's still got a little bit of that uh, salad dressing stain on his shirt. So Kimmy, of course, is sitting next to Jesse with this, like, hmm, thinking of perfect wedding names. Like, oh, I'll be Mrs. 
Kimmy Katsopoulos. Ugh, don't like that. I'll have him take my name, Mr. Jesse Gibbler. Like, ugh, I don't like that either. Like, you keep dreaming, girl, because that's as far as you're getting with him, is your fantasies and uh, your dreams. So, Joey, of course, is like, gosh, I hope Cindy and Becky don't fight over me right here. Although, it'd be kind of cool if we had Jell-O. Like, ew! They're not gonna fight over you, bud. I can't believe Cindy is actually considering Joey. Like, oh, I mean, Joey is sweet, but I like Danny. Why are you considering Joey? It's just weird. I don't get it. Come on, Cindy. I mean... She's only got one episode left and she's going to be gone. Why Danny is hanging out with Rusty afterwards, I'll never understand that. So Michelle, of course, is like, boring, boring. Why is my daddy so boring? See, there is a zipper on her hat. Why did he just, I'm sure it's just like for change or something like that. Like it's not big enough to hold that letter in there. So Dave Coulier, of course, provides the voice of comment like, Boy, I hope someone dropped a hot dog. Time perfectly with his comments expression, too. Oh, I hope someone drops a hamburger. Thank you, Comet. I've always wondered what you thought about Boy, and now I know. Hamburgers. Michelle finally is like, okay, enough's enough. The corners of this paper are digging into my scalp. Daddy, can I please take this letter out of my hat now? Oh boy, and it is gonna get cray. It's already cray up in here, but it's gonna get doubly cray. Woo! And plus, are outside, so. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, the neighbors aren't gonna be hearing all this commotion. Ugh, the, the tanners again. I, uh, every time we go, you can't go outside because the tanners are yelling at each other. Oh. 
up. They're just working out the appetite. <laughs> well, if you're hungry, dig in. Hurry, thanks. Yeah, dig in. That's something that someone else has already made with their hands. You know, I really am glad I came back. Oh, we're glad you yeah. came back, too. Oh, my Lanta. <laughs> So yeah, as soon as she takes that letter out of her hat, Jesse grabs it like, Michelle, where'd you get this? And she's like, well, daddy gave it to me. So Jesse's like, okay, so you did send this to Rebecca. And he's like, well, no, I didn't. She sent it to me. And Becky's like, no, Danny, you gave this to me. And then, of course, Cindy grabs it and says, Joey, don't just sit there. You know you wrote this to me. And it's just nuts. Like, what letter? What are you, it's like, I don't, what is this? Of course, Kimmy's like, that's a letter that my Jesse sent to me. And Jesse's like, yeah, I mean, what? No. <laughs> so, of course, Stephanie jumps in. Well, wait, no. Rusty sent that to me because he's in love with me. And Rusty's like, yeah, I didn't do that. DJ's in love with me and I love her. And DJ, I love her response. Okay. Who are you and where is my real family? Jesse's like, all right, oh, because everyone starts blah, 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 blah. And he finally, hey, I want to know who wrote that letter. And Michelle's like, I know. And they're like, all right, Michelle, well, who is it? She points a finger right at Rusty and it's like, it was Rusty. And Rusty's, you look at that boy's face and say, she's lying. He's got a smirk on his face, like, Kid, you couldn't be honest if your life depended on it. But eventually he does come clean. It's like, all right, it was me. I mean, I wanted DJ to think that it was a love letter from Ricky the Paperboy. And it's like, you little troll. <laughs> of course, DJ calls him a rat, kind of like in the last episode. <laughs> Everyone starts like, you know, Saying, oh, don't, I'm sorry, I can't believe it. <laughs> I was so wrong to think that. Will you forgive me? Yeah. And of course, Kimmy's like, has her arms open. And Jesse's like, oh, don't touch me, Gibbler. I love how, <laughs> this is so funny. How everyone's kind of like, oh, I can't believe I fell for that. Oh, how could I have been so, ugh. I love DJ pointing at Becky like, you thought my dad? <laughs> it's just so funny. He's like, hey, pretty funny. It's nice that you it's nice that you can all take a joke. And they all look at him like, boy, you better get running because we are coming after you. And he's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> and he is like, boom, there's a stream of dust right behind his feet. And everyone just takes off after him, like, we are gonna get your butt. Ricky comes back! Ricky the paper boy! So he's like, what is going on here? Because you see the family like making circles either through the house, around the house, and it's just crazy. Little Michelle, wait for me, wait for me. <laughs> I can't keep up with them. So DJ's like, oh, well, my family, they're trying to work up an appetite. So he gives her the change. I love how, like, when he pulls up his shirt, you can see a little, I know, I'm sorry, a little bit of belly. I'm like, oh. So she's like, hey, if you're hungry, dig in. And he's like, okay. So he ends up sitting down and eating one of the sandwiches that someone else had already made. <laughs> and he's like, you know, for what it's worth, I'm really glad I came back. And DJ, we hear her say, oh, I'm glad you came back too, Ricky. 
And that is how the episode ends. <laughs> this was fun. Um, honest, I mean, I like, if I had to go between these two rusty episodes, um, what one do I like more? Oh, gosh, it's, it, that's a tough one. I kind of, maybe I might like Terror and Tannertown a little bit better. Because we get the introduction to Rusty and uh, his crafty pranks. But if you think about it, all Rusty had to do was just give the letter to Michelle and she pretty much did all the work. That's on everyone else for misinterpreting the letter and thinking this person gave me this letter. Clearly they're in love with me. I mean, if someone gave that letter to me, I'm like, okay, um, this makes me nervous. Apparently it says hot for you, so I'd be like, I don't know who that could possibly be other than my husband. So, all right, let's see who gets the worst. I am going with, uh, I'm going with Kimmy for worst outfit. I just, I don't like that whole do-it-yourself t-shirt with the, uh, the colored paint or gel pens or whatever they used. Um, let's see. Who do I want to go for best? I'm going to go for DJs. It's just a nice, you could maybe call it royal blue. Um, it's got, it's a, just a long sleeve sh shirt with like a hood on the back. Um, I mean, I don't want to go red with rusty just because it's red because you guys know how I feel about the color red. Um... If I want to do second runner-up for worst outfit, it's going to be Cindy's dress. I just, bleh. Um, let's see. Do I have any um, best one for a second runner-up? Because I know DJ. Um, no, I don't have a Ricky! Ricky! Yes, Ricky. He is my second runner-up for best. With that leather jacket, that shirt. You know what? On second thought, Ricky's going to be number one. And DJ can be the second with that plain blue shirt. Strangest outfit. Um, I'm going to go with Joey's. Like, it's like a golden mustard uh, sweater with... Remember how I said it looked like, like three guys in a boat? And then on closer inspection, it turned out to be a guy playing a violin. He looks like he's wearing that V for Vendetta mask. If it is a mask, I've never seen the movie. And a guy playing, like, the cello. And I'm not sure what that other thing is in the background. If that's a person or not, I can't tell. Um, but, yeah. Most relatable. Okay, I've been saving this one for this particular episode because this fits very well in with um, a little story from my childhood. <laughs> You guys are going to be surprised who's my most relatable, but then again, you may not. It's Rusty. Because <laughs> I pulled something like this with the letter that he wrote. I did this when I was nine in school. And basically all it was is I took classmates' names and said, I love so-and-so. Basically, it's just I love so-and-so. Or, I love you from so-and-so. And I was just kind of like, hey, so-and-so like asked me to give this to you. And, of course, by the end of the I got in trouble by my teacher. Because I, at least, like, two or three letters that I had. My class was very small. And eventually the, the kids were, like, like, going to the teacher, like, I didn't write this. 
And I think I was just, I was proud of myself because I just, like, you know, was writing people's names and stuff, and I thought it was, like, creative, like, oh, this will be fun. Almost like I felt like I was, like, maybe playing, like, matchmaker or something, and it kind of blew up in my face and got in trouble. But that's how I I related to Rusty in this episode. I just, I can't believe. Oh, my gosh. And I'm sure I told you guys about the times that when I was, like, in high school, I wrote letters to guys I had crushes on, and then it just, they acted like I didn't exist. You think the first time I did it that I would have learned my lesson not to do it again after that? There's at least four boys, three in junior high, one in high school, and it was just, uh, I should not have done that. One of them happened to read it out loud to a group of his friends. And my cousin happened to be one of those friends. I remember it was before class started. We were all hanging out in the hallway. And he just kind of looked over at me like, he couldn't, like, I can't believe I'm related to you. And it's just like, ugh. And the guy, of course, in eighth grade, the one who read it out loud, of course, he was a new guy that every girl had a crush on. And... Uh, I, I don't know why I thought I had a shot, but it, a shot with him or any of the guys that I sent. I always went for the quiet ones. The ones that hopefully, but then of course, Caleb from eighth grade was the exception because he was the new kid and all the girls were glomming onto him. But yeah, this is my second Master of Disaster themed episode. I hope you guys liked it. Alright, well, after this, I'll be coming back in May for Mother's Day. I'm going to be doing two Mother's Day episodes. The first one is going to be people on their motorcycles, I swear. If you guys ride my motorcycle, that's cool. I'm not a fan of them. I don't like having them go driving past my window while they rev up that engine. But then again, I don't like them. What in the world? What? Did London chew on this? Oh my god! Is that? I bet he was chewing on that curtain. We just we had put our curtain back up, and I'm just looking at that now. Like, what is that? I'm like, I think he was chewing on this curtain. It's not. Oh wait a minute, maybe not. No, maybe I can't tell. But anyway, I'm sorry, guys. I got distracted by. I was just looking at it. I'm like, it looks like it could have chewed on it maybe he did but maybe it's just wear and tear I don't know anyway okay sorry 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 let me start over season 2 episode 18 goodbye Mr. Bear it's the first Mother's Day or episode I'm doing in honor of Mother's Day which aired on March 24th 1989 it's spring cleaning time otherwise known as Christmas for Danny as the kids are gathering up toys they don't play with anymore to give to charity, Joey thinks he accidentally placed Stephanie's Mr. Bear in the bag, along with the other toys being given to charity, and as he tried to retrieve it, all the toys they donated were given away. I don't think it works that fast. Um, more likely, the toys would probably go to a donation center. They would be sorted through to see what could be given away. I mean, if kids are giving away toys, odds are they're going to be broken, they're going to be missing pieces, maybe board games, stuff like that. That stuff is not going to be donated to kids. It will be garbage. So, all the toys they donated were given away. Stephanie is very heartbroken over the loss, and everyone is wondering why she's so attached to Mr. Bear, 
But eventually everyone learns why. This was, this is season two. Their mother's been gone for, let's say, about a year, year and a half, right? Remember, you would know. You would remember. But then as a kid, maybe your memories, I don't know how long your memory, like, Michelle's memory, we've learned, is about less than two years. Examples of this, the wedding episode, she couldn't remember Howie, they clearly didn't stay in touch, understandable. And also the um, Heartbreak Kid when Becky's going to her wedding album and asks Michelle, do you remember anything from the wedding? She's like, just itch itchy tights, me scratching my knees. So she doesn't even remember the wedding. So, but then again, I don't know, as a kid... How long do your memories, can you remember, recall certain things until they get pushed aside for other newer memories? I don't know. The other Mother's Day episode I'm going to focus on is from season four entitled Slumber Party, which aired on October 12th, 1990. Stephanie feels left out when the honeybees plan a mother-daughter sleepover. Oh my gosh, that would have to hurt. I mean, if it's not mandatory that she goes, I wouldn't even want to be a... I'd be like, I'm... I and they would have to understand they know her situation. That this is going to bring up some sad feelings and stuff like that. Of course, in May, we do have another Full House star celebrating a birthday. Mr. Bob Saget, who plays Danny Tanner. The episode I've selected for him, of course, is season one, episode 17, entitled Danny's, Fir Danny's Very First Date, which aired February 12th, 1988, so it's two days before Valentine's Day. Danny develops a crush on the hive mother of Stephanie's honeybees. A lot of honeybee stuff in, uh, in the show, definitely, because you go from, you didn't really see too much from DJ being a honeybee, I think eventually she aged out of it. Like, maybe 10 years is, like, the cutoff age. Because then we see Stephanie, and then we eventually see Michelle. Of course, if you know, you know, honeybees is clearly a type of girl group for, like, the Girl Scouts or the Campfire Girl, Firefly Girls or whoever, whatever. Some, some to that degree. Yeah. All right, everybody. Like I said, I had a fun time covering this. I hope you guys have a fun time enjoying listening to it. And if you guys want to send an audio file of your opinions on the show or past episodes, you know, your memories of the show, I'd love to hear from you. So send an audio clip, send a email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, Jeremy's home. Cool. Uh, also, stay, stay home, stay healthy, and please stay positive with everything that's going on right now. I know it's hard with everything, social media, scaring the life of it out of everybody, but just know it. I know in my heart, guys, I feel we are gonna get through this. I know it seems bleak right now with everything, but we're gonna get through this. I know that we will. All right. Bye-bye.